Hello and welcome to episode 203 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Good, good man, good. We're back to conclude the trilogy, as it were. We are in the final part of a trilogy. Yes. Apart from um, Scream 4. <laughs> Listen, there'll be no more mentions of that movie um, until next week. I was going to say, bro, what, what are we doing next week? <laughs> we're, we're just doing the trilogy. Um, oh. But uh, yeah, of course, if you've listened the last two weeks, we've already discussed uh, the joys that were Scream 1 and Scream 2. Um, and yeah, we're going to be talking all about Scream 3 this week. So it's going to be very uh, interesting indeed. Um, but yeah, first, there's a little bit of news, not too much this week again, because um, it seems to be very quiet lately. Um, mm-hmm. First up, we have just the confirmed dates for Fright Fest in October. Um, obviously they said that they were going to do like a sort of a bigger event to replace obviously not doing a physical event in August, but they are doing a digital event, which we talked about last week. Um, and yeah, the dates are from Thursday, the 22nd of October to Sunday, the 25th. Um, so it's interesting because we did kind of talk about them doing like a four day stretch. Um, but the week after yeah. that, because that would have been Halloween. Um, yeah. so I do, I always think that's weird. I mean, I'm listen, I don't, I know nothing of the logistics of this or to put on the event, <laughs> of course. Um, but I always yeah, think, like, yeah, do it on Halloween. <laughs> well, it's just like, it's a Halloween event. When is it week before Halloween? Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just rather it was on when Halloween was on personally, but, uh, yeah, I think it's one of those things where like, especially in England, Halloween is a day. If mm. that is a few hours in England, let's be honest. Like yeah, it's not it really like is. what it is in America. Like Christmas no, is, is yeah, Christmas is a month long event. So you can do Christmas shit all of December. Whereas that Halloween is is like you're pushing it really if it's for a weekend. Yeah. Let, let alone like a week before. But I don't care because it's Fright Fest. So like yeah. I don't care what it's called or, or if it's called Halloween or what, like I'm buzzing for it. But yeah, I, I think kind of in England the Halloween window is very limited. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, they're trying to make it more of a thing. Maybe they'll get yeah. that. Um I hope so. I want Halloween to be more of a thing for the record. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like you say, it just it's so like a time it's like very much when you're younger, you know, it's the trick or treat in and then mm. once you get past that age, it's it's pretty irrelevant unless you really want to start making it become a thing. But uh yeah. We're either way we're looking forward to this, of course. So it says, yeah, more details announced in early September. Um, but yeah, of course, before that, like later this month, we'll hear more about the digital event, which I really cannot wait to hear more about. Like I I wanna know what those movies are. Um Psycho oh, Ball Man, please. That's the one I want. <laughs> Christ, like, every time I forget that movie exists. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's the new hype train. Well, I thought we both agreed that it's the new hype train, no? No. That, no. Did I just imagine that? Um, I never got off the Ghostbusters afterlife. Hype train <laughs> Good luck on that one. Um, that but, and the uh, upgrade TV show. <laughs> oh, God. The fact that you can say that and it's actually <laughs> a real thing still blows my mind. Well, it's not a real uh, thing, but you said it it's, is. It's um, a real thing, bro. <laughs> um, I willed it into existence. <laughs> Just uh, like I will make Ghostbusters good again, 2021. Yeah, good luck with that one. Um, next up on the news, um, just a small announcement of a film that's coming soon to Shudder later this month, because um, it sounds really interesting. Um, it is called Host, and it is, yeah, a brand new movie that, that, that just got made, which is it was commissioned, written, produced, and set to be released in under three months. Um, Host was shot remotely during quarantine, all filmed by the actors in their own homes. Um, I'm so, I'm so down. 
So, yeah, the plot of this one is uh, host is a story of six friends who hire a medium to host a seance over Zoom during lockdown. But they get far more than they bargain for as things quickly go wrong. Um, when an evil spirit starts invading their homes, they begin to realize they might not survive the night. Um, so pretty, pretty, you know, generic setup, I guess. But like, it's <laughs> super interesting that obviously, yeah, they they filmed all of this um in their own homes and then obviously make it look like they're all just on a zoom call together for throughout quarantine which of course a lot of people have been doing the last few months um and yeah like i just i love this like this is a great idea obviously doing this yeah right. I, I can't wait i think it's awesome man yeah like i i want to see more about this but obviously again shudder like what i love about what shudder have done especially in the last sort of 12 months is that so many of these smaller releases when we're not talking about obviously like the big releases like halloween and stuff your traditional cinema horror the smaller on-demand releases shudder is is being attached to almost every project that i care about um whether it's film or tv and that's what i want like i want it to be i go to the cinema for a certain type of experience and then everything else i watch at home is on shutter that would obviously be the dream um, oh, yeah. and, I, and i think they are getting closer and closer to that because they're picking up so much indie stuff they're investing in so much original films and they obviously have a lot of good tv stuff as well now Oh, I'm just counting down the wait days to the end of the month, man. I cannot wait to watch Search of Darkness again. Yes, I was going to say. Oh, yes, yeah, the same day actually is that. So mm. again, like that's what's great about the 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 the, uh, the service as well is like they're actually releasing like loads of content same days now. Be so good. Um, which is yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, I can't, oh, man. I can't wait for that. So you just reminded me. I'm like hell yeah. I can't wait to watch that again. Um, so yeah, we'll definitely keep our eyes peeled on this one, whether or not we'll be doing a show on it. Um, we shall see in the future. Um, but so yeah, and then finally, this was just a small one. Um, but yeah, Sean did email about this one and I saw it on the news last week and was like, oh, shall I bung it in here? And then I was like, you know what, seeing as we are like the official, you know, hype train podcast, um, <laughs> we obviously have to put any news surrounding the one Rob Zombie and his films. And uh, yeah, just a very small small one because I don't really know too much about this, but they are releasing a special steelbook blu-ray of the trilogy um it seems like it's us only which is obviously yeah sucks. i think um, it's like a walmart exclusive um pretty yeah, target, sure um or tar- is it target okay yeah. um either way i ended up on that website to see yeah. they ship to the uk <laughs> <laughs> Did they? No, i couldn't oh. easily find it and i started no. to get like conversion rates pop up and stuff and i was like oh jesus christ and then i don't have a multi-region blu-ray player so i have to buy yeah. one of those but damn that blu-ray does look pretty pretty hot yeah it's interesting um, to say like, sean was talking about that sort of stuff which i do want to talk yeah. about in our feedback um later on in this episode because yeah i had some stuff uh, that i want to talk about with that sort of thing um but yeah as regarding this blu-ray it's it's very interesting so, so you like do you really like the look of this then like you really want to buy it yeah i mean i just yeah, it's, it's a cool rob zombie thing like i'm, I'm in but yeah, yeah. I, I like the look of it i mean I, I to own the trilogy on on blu-ray like would be awesome obviously um house it's house of a thousand corpses isn't it like mm. we we don't have like a uk version of that yeah that, I, I have a really or, weird one. yeah there's like ropey ones but there's not like a proper one because i've got like a i've got one there was like a very limited run for devils that is is very bare bones but at least yeah, it's like a that. proper version yeah and I, I have that and then obviously you know thank god we got a really good three three from hell one um yeah my house of a thousand corpses is in like a cardboard like book almost that you open and yeah it does work on our blu-ray players but i'm pretty sure it's either i think australia yeah it's not it's not a uk release it's just it's just it's not region locked yeah 
yeah I, I don't know whether it's like swedish or something i remember yeah. looking into it uh, you know I've, I've been down these rabbit holes man but, yeah, but, <laughs> but like, happened yeah. with 31 as well didn't it of like there was like the german blu-ray that had like yeah. the documentary and all this stuff but um yeah it looks cool man i, I definitely like the artwork I, I would be curious if there was any new features but they obviously i don't think they've really been talking about that yet it just seems to be like those no. three movies bonged into a blu-ray but um yeah it looks cool like I'll be, hopefully it will be available obviously outside of the us um yeah definitely yeah we shall see on that one um that's yeah that's pretty much it for the news this week um so yeah pretty short ones this week shall we get into this week's film let's do it let's discuss scream free <laughs> So yes, the end of the trilogy, as it were. Um, it is, of course. So this was like what a journey. Uh, yeah, what a journey. This was a few years removed after the uh, Scream Two, because um, mm-hmm. obviously we discussed the crazy kind of production schedule that movie. They obviously got a few years removed from this one. Um, I think what's interesting as well, because we maybe we forgot to say this, but obviously these aren't just our reviews and our opinions, which of course they are, but these are like a look back because they are retrospectives. So we're obviously discussing like the the production and all of that type of stuff. Is yeah, part of the conversation and. I know that we both watched the uh, the documentary about Scream at this mm-hmm. point, um, still screaming, which we mentioned last week, and it's fascinating to look back on all of these movies um, to kind of see what the production is because this one in particular, just going to now read off a few different stats about it. Obviously, again, directed by Wes Craven, um, it's credited as written by Aaron Kruger, yeah, um, who. I'm just looking now. He's wrote quite a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, he was heavily involved in the Ring, um, Americanization right. of the Ring, and then kind of the subsequent, that was Christmas, wasn't it? yeah, the subsequent kind of sequels to to the Ring's US versions. I think right. I think he was kind of fairly involved in those. Yeah, in the, from the so horror that's... point, and then he moved on to Transformers, didn't he? Oh, did he? Right, that's. Crazy. I think so. I think so because I've seen his name like a bit recently, and I think he still right. does like the Transformer stuff. But I might be yeah, wrong. Yeah, I think I think you might be right because I've definitely seen his name in at least yeah. five to ten years. But um, yeah, obviously. So I'm I'm just on like Wiki and IMDb, but it says that obviously he wrote this. But watching the documentary, it wasn't just written by one person. Like it's very when you start getting into who actually wrote these movies, it's very interesting because Kevin yeah. did do an outline. He had like an initial kind of script for Scream Free. Mm. Aaron Aaron then took that, did many rewrites, came up with his own script. Wes also contributed, as we know, to all of the movies in terms of yeah. writing. And um, I think throughout the three got more, more and more involved, you know, yeah. that there were literally days where he would just make stuff up and film it. And that, that yeah. would be in the final product. Yeah, um, for sure. And then I, I can't find her name here, and I'm going to have to try and look it up. But there was a um, a woman on the documentary oh yeah, you're right. Who, who Wes like hired to do rewrites and add yeah. scenes, and you're I, right. it's frustrating to me that she's not credited as one of the writers of this movie because she yeah, that is very wrote. frustrating. Yeah, so she like, was all over the documentary. Yeah, I wonder like, what I she. I wonder what she's and why it's just his name on here i really don't because like i say it's it's credited as one person which is fair enough i'm sure he did the bulk of this yeah script. it's credited as two on imdb what why okay let kevin me kevin as well oh okay fair enough yeah yeah that makes but sense. but yeah i can't i um, can't find the the, the oh yeah because um, characters of course yeah they always yeah. put the characters because it's like the uh, same ones that he obviously wrote but yeah it's 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 kind of crazy that um these movies were such a train wreck to make because yeah, um, the the company was 
the company was trying to chuck them out so quickly. And obviously, like, um, you spoke about the writing problems. Like, Kevin Williamson, like, fully wrote the first movie. The second movie, he wrote a fair old bit, but then got pulled away. And then the third one, he kind of just wrote a few pages and was like, hey, go, guys, there's this movie. And, like, yeah, he didn't have the time. Yeah. And, like... <laughs> yeah. Um, that's crazy and then and then like nev campbell was literally available for like one month but was also filming other stuff to the point that like she had to wear a wig for this entire movie because she had like long hair with streaks in it um oh, really? for role. yeah yeah so it's like a wig for the whole time and like you know sydney is very absent from this movie and uh, and i never really noticed it to be honest watching the movie because it made perfect sense for the role but like yeah. you know so they did it so well and that's what's so mm. funny and, and it, 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 it to me like the the glue of all of this is wes and like mm. i might be giving him way too much credit because i love him but like you know it kind of makes me think like man if he didn't have like when we've talked about rob recently with like all the problems he had from free from hell and like you know budget restraints and everything else I'm like my god like if wes was making screen movies without like all of these constraints what would they have been yeah because like these movies are still pretty banging and like um you know we'll get into the third one but like um yeah it just makes me think what they could have been because the, the guy did so well with what he had yeah, I completely agree. That was my biggest takeaway. Rewatching these now, looking back on them and reading and watching the documentary and hearing about how literally the production schedule of the two sequels was mm. quite frankly a complete and utter mess. Mm. Um, these movies are way better than they have any right to be. Yeah. And I think that goes to show you that the kind of the main soul of it which is wes which is the um yeah and kevin's original idea and treatment you yeah know. and obviously the cast is a massive part of that yeah like, to keep that same core cast for the free films obviously you have people like the guy who did the music marco beltrami like he's yeah. involved throughout all the movies so like there is a there's a cohesive group of people that like because of how talented yeah. they are and because of how much they love this franchise against all odds they somehow managed to make these movies work when in reality like you say when you've got your star nev who i think like you say i think she could do like three weeks filming on this yeah and, and it was only like nights or something because she was doing other yeah. stuff at the same time like it was a very limited amount of time and i think Aaron, uh, you know well, um obviously we talked about one of the writers i think he said that like um dimension came to him and was like we want you to write a movie and he was like great and they were like it's scream free and he was like awesome mm. and they were, like it needs to start shooting in five weeks yeah and it's like what is that like that's just insane yeah. to bring someone in and have to write a sequel i um, really i really wonder if like the um on a bit of a tangent whether there is documentary entries out there like i'm sure you've looked at it like for saw movies yet yeah. um retrospective look backs because like i can only imagine what sort of like bullshit was going on there to get those movies out like as quick well, the as they did is, for as long as they did you say that because obviously they were coming out every year but at least with saw it was kind of like from saw 2 on yeah it became it was, like it a was thing. like it was like once that initial box office weekend happened and it was a hit, they immediately greenlit the sequel. So like the, a lot of the writers and directors and cast, they pretty much had a nine month schedule to make the movie. Whereas that's not the case here at all. Like you've got a poor guy who's coming in as the writer on the third movie and they're telling him have a script, a script ready to shoot in five weeks. Like, Oh yeah. But if they had nine months to make the movie from start to finish, how long did they have to write the movie? For yeah, the I don't know. Movies? Like the it still, it still would have been insane. I think mm. kind of, um, it's, started to get to the point that like these things this was the first franchise that kind of did this to this level mm. you know we had these we had these kind of um uh 80s horror icons you know the friday the 13th and and, and halloween's that were coming out like you know especially friday the 13th so we're just banging them out like all the time but they were these very 
you know they were targeted audience movies and and they weren't they weren't lighting up the box office like Scream did you know um I saw that Scream 3 was shown on the most cinema screens it broke the record for like um and you think this came out after Titanic and this this was on the most screens until the first Harry Potter movie hit the states so you know um, also just or, about or one of the Harry Potter movies anyway might not have been Titanic. the first one. Uh, to yeah. do with Scream 2 Titanic and one other movie I can't remember what it was they moved their release dates a week because of Scream 2 <laughs> like yeah. that's afraid of they were because yeah. obviously the do you know what I mean like this <laughs> this movie was a juggernaut and yet yeah, yeah, like, had all this mess but anyway yeah, I think that aside like um, yeah like I guess going into this um, I think what when we spoke about Scream Two and we spoke about how the franchise kind of freshens things up and like to to create stab for Scream Two and have this kind of riff on you know the the them talking about the movie within the movie like was fantastic and kind of really gave you something fresh instead of just the killer again and then like for them to evolve it to like this um, I think was again another stroke of genius like I'm when we get further into their execution of certain things, I have my issue, but the actual premise that kind of, you know, and it's all, it almost pokes fun at like the situation they're in where like this film company bled two movies out of this tragic events. And then, then they were like, shit, there's no more tragic real life events. We're going to have to make a third one. Let's just make a third one guys. Yeah. And like, just, just, you know, let's, let's, um, let's kill off uh, Gail you know, and let's have Dewey as maybe the killer, like, mm. and all this stuff. And, like, um, and then they were filming this third one. Like, I love that. And then I love that, like, you know, during the filming of the third one, this is when the killer comes back. Like, all of that was, in my mind, genius and kind of really added to, um, you know, gave gave it that fl- fresh look of paint that it needed. Um, but definitely um, the execution is, is where it starts to fall apart for me. Like, there, there are... Um, and they spoke about it a lot in the documentary that obviously this this movie was going to be much darker and they they desensitized it a lot because of what was going on in the states at that time was it yeah. was it columbine that had just yeah, happened was, yeah. yeah so they they were really conscious of that and the violence and kind of wanted to um you know make it funnier and quirkier and i think it is you know it is to the movie's detriment because when when we spoke about scream 1 and we said how kind of a parody it was and how obviously now scary movie exists and kind of um what year did scary movie come out did it come out the same year as scream 3 yeah Yeah. i'm Um, assuming it would have been later because this was february 2000 yeah so like you know scream towed the line perfectly where it was this kind of you know it was this parody it was funny at times but it was also terrifying and and uh, but like Mm. there are there are parts of this movie that are cringeworthy cheesy um and i'm I'm talking mostly about um uh the actress who plays the the the, the gale uh actress the one right uh what's her bloody jennifer is it jennifer who's playing gale name is yeah jennifer, the character's yes. name is jennifer who's playing gale in the in stab three yeah. she just, jennifer jolie because everyone's names are ridiculous in this. yeah so she <laughs> she's the worst character in the franchise (laughs) i disagree like she really she really irritated me every (laughs) and like there there were parts of it that that were that i i kind of smiled at like when Mm. courtney cox punches her and she's like my lawyer like that and a couple of things like that but like 
it's the whole um like detective thing when they're kind of together and when she's and and even all of that stuff i can kind of forgive because they're kind of they're on a movie set and they're kind of you know they're playing this character and then you know she's this jennifer is still playing her character and she's still being a bit silly but when the killer turns up and she's just like screaming and going really silly and then gail starts to get more screamy and silly it, mm. the final act parts of that she really got in the way for me like i was i was glad when she got bumped off because i thought it could get more serious again yeah. um so you know i had my issue with her and i think kind of like that's that's where like my issue with this movie is is that it it, it does get more into that kind of um you know silly style and kind of even the whole um facts kind of coming through and him like conveniently going to find a lighter and then reading it perfectly and it blows up like yeah all all of that stuff it just it all got it it got um very scooby-doo didn't Mm. it and i think kind of um it you know I, i i didn't appreciate that watching it now um in you know at, at the time i i think i dug it like I, I you know i dug this movie quite a bit that i didn't really have a criticism of anything to do with the trilogy back in the day but i haven't seen this movie in a while mm. and kind of re-watching it now that there were times where i started to get a bit bored like watching it it's quite long it's like two yeah. hours and and yeah it, it like i still i still love it and i ultimately love the franchise but like th- this definitely was like a weaker one for me yeah, it was interesting because like I, I went in like not expecting too much to be honest with you, and obviously knowing that it's kind of like obviously I'd seen it before a long, long time ago. Yeah. But I remember um, thinking that you know, it's not the best, and I was still entertained by this movie, and I still enjoyed it. And I think that just goes to show you the kind of, especially watching them all back to back, just seeing those characters and seeing that cast mm. again, it was still very entertaining. Um, it is a massive drop up from from Scream Two, even yeah. in, in in so many different ways, and I think that. You're absolutely right. The kind of this is just a comedy, pretty much. It's so comedic. Um, there's almost no violence in the movie. There's hardly any kind of like good kills. Like I think the, one of the worst things about this in general is just Ghostface. Like Ghostface is almost not in the movie. He's almost non-existent. His, his action yeah. sucks, and the bits that he's actually in are complete and utter rip-offs and retellings of the stuff in Scream Two which is that they do the bit where he's knocked out at the bottom of, a, of the staircase. You're like, oh, shall I crawl over him or not? Which is just a, a poor retelling of the cop car scene. And then they do the bit when um, fake Gale gets killed uh, behind the mirror and Dewey's like in Hera behind the mirror. And that's very much reminiscent of the scene in the sound studio in Scream 2. Yeah. Um, so kind of like the only two ghost facey actiony bits are just way, way worse versions of what happened in Scream 2. Um so I think that was my biggest problem with it. It's just like, man, I, I really just wish Ghostface had more of a, pres- mm. a presence in this movie because like, yeah, they do do some interesting oh, stuff. And um, like just, you know, the opening oh scene I enjoyed. So um, I think it's re- it's really well done. And even though like I hate it because um, Cotton got destroyed, like Cotton could have saved this movie. Mm. Like if you kill a character this amazing in your opening scene you damn well better have some better characters for the rest of your movie and they don't yeah. they just do we, there isn't a single character in this movie that comes we, close we spoke to about Mary. how cotton was the mvp of scream 2 100%. and kind of like you know randy was such a beloved character and when he died cotton mm. like picked up the mantle of being this awesome character that you could get behind and yeah like 
there is definitely a big old cotton shaped hole in this this movie um and and it's a it's an absolutely amazing opening like i loved everything about mm. it i love the the phone conversation i love seeing the whole 100 cotton tv show and all of that um him in a white suit was just a joy to behold and like <laughs> the um the whole thing and then kind of you know the whole um voice thing and how his girlfriend doesn't trust him it was all just so good and like even leading to like when he gets killed like he gets he gets destroyed and like like you yeah. say i think all of that is like it's such a strong opening and and again like going back to the other two movies each one of these movies has an absolute banging opening and then mm. this one definitely kind of lives up to the scream opening um but but yeah then suddenly yeah you've killed off your best character you make gail weaker in this movie mm than she's been in the rest of them not 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 physically i just mean as a character like she really just because she's stuck with jennifer for so long like i mm. and and she's kind of doing this whole you know this they're trying to create this whole dewey love triangle thing and like um which is which is super awkward because there's just, just no two women are going to be chasing dewey that much and like <laughs> well also and, it's just and, like the the fake gale doesn't feel believable in that situation like no. there's something about and obviously it piggybacks off because they were a real life relationship but like there is on-screen chemistry between mm. gale and dewey oh, yeah and dewey doesn't have that with anyone else in the franchise so that kind of immediately no. littles it and 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 i think kind of you look at um yes yeah, so you look at that and that kind of ruins dewey as well because you've just got this weird <laughs> kind of their their whole plot line throughout this does suck it's just the fact that like it. yeah that they're cool characters so it's cool to see them they still like regressed what had happened in scream 2 yeah. so the start of this movie is the is the start of yeah scream they hate 2. each other again yeah, yeah. Like, what why are you doing this again i thought you guys had made up over scream 2 yeah and so it's it's super frustrating and like uh, you know and so sid was the only one that was like you know this believable version of herself you know i can i can get behind that um, yeah her character felt like that is where that character would be in her life after what she yeah she, she'd ever be in, a, in an asylum or on her own like pretty much in an asylum just not not kind of you know locked in by someone else yeah well i um, love that she was like on her own with a new identity and she was yeah. doing the whole like crisis helplines like, yeah I, re- I, really women. I really i really i really like really cool. that yeah and like how they incorporated that into the phone calls as well mm. was clever um but yeah and so like you needed cotton in this movie um and just his charisma and everything would have would have just brought so much to like uh you know what really were um second rate performances and it's kind of weird because all of these actors that were playing you know jennifer and, and the one that played dewey and sid and all of those they're playing shit actors they're actors yeah. that are trying to be shit actors yeah and, then, and so and they give a shit acting performance so they nailed it <laughs> like and and I, yeah. and, and I don't discredit them in any way for that because i think that's what they were told to do but i just don't like to see that and when you've yeah. got a film full of actors pretending to be shit actors <laughs> like well, it, can, it makes it difficult i completely agree with that but i also think that with with scream free we can't mm. just put it on the fact that the new cast is the the kind of the fake cast as it were of stab free because there are two major characters that they add to this movie one of them ends up being the killer mm. they're both terrible um that you've got the film director and you've got the detective and they're both 
Yeah. Really, really, really bad characters. I think they're the, probably the worst characters we've seen in the franchise. Kincaid, Kincaid was very infuriating. Oh, God. Because, the, um, the whole dynamic between the detectives and like one of them was just trying way too hard to be funny again. I think he was the one that his his comedicness and what he was told to do, I guess, yeah. with his line delivery just didn't work for me in this movie. I thought it was being way yeah. too silly and way too scary movie. They were making a movie called Stab. They were stabbed. <laughs> yeah, just oh, there were so many line deliveries that were just like awful. Yeah. And I really I couldn't Oh, when he got so close to Sid's face, hmm. when she's oh, like, yeah, "What's your favorite horror oh. movie?" and he got scary movie, and he got so close to her face, I was like, "I would have slapped him!" <laughs> like, like that was unnecessary. Uh, <laughs> and and yeah, the fact that they kind of made him this romance interest, mm. like at the end when he's kind yeah. of there, I'm like, "You don't deserve to be there." Like, oh, you're not Derek. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> fucking Derek. You're not over it. <laughs> i'm like yeah you don't you don't deserve to be there with like the core crew like you know it 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 just yeah that that kind of frustrated me as well Mm. i'm like you're not you're not the uh um you're not joel uh from you know just you know scroll uh joel lived in screen two he didn't he didn't get a nice little bit at the end with sid yeah why does why does kincaid get it yeah, just like the way the way it kind of goes into the finale and the stuff in the house just isn't mm. really that interesting because then it does get very like you say Scooby Doo with like the Sid somehow manages to pull a fake book to lead to this secret room yeah. and like and all of that stuff as well when you talk about um when you actually get into what happened with Sid's mom and what they're setting up is like very uncomfortable to watch in 2020. They're talking about uh, yeah. A young girl who went to Hollywood, she got taken advantage of. It's implied that she was that he's that she was raped and kept the child. Well, it's, 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 it's not implied. It's 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 canon. It's part yeah, pretty of much it, exactly. Right? Yeah. And so so like so that whole stuff is messy. You then have multiple characters joking about sleeping with the director. Fake Gale mm. says it, and so does um, Fake Sydney. Sydney. Yeah. Um, and you also have Carrie Fisher in this movie. <laughs> saying not Carrie Fisher, making a joke about how Carrie Fisher slept with George Lucas to get the role. Yeah. So there's all of this stuff in your face. That, and then you that made white... me, that that really made me feel uncomfortable yeah. watching well, Carrie all... Fisher say that in 2020. Yeah. Like, all I was like, stuff. oh my God. And then, and then yeah. to cap it all off, you have Harvey Weinstein's name in the credits for this movie. And, and like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, to it's, me it's... watching that now was like really, really disgusting and really took me out of this as a movie. And I was like, yeah. This is just not why I don't want to see them poke fun at this and make like entertainment and like, here's the killer's motive. I'm like, no, just mm. no. So like that, think... that to me is when it goes into the killer stuff. And I just, I didn't enjoy who the killer was. I, I think his uh, motive makes sense. I guess if you, if you want to call it that, yeah. like, his, that character was just the most vanilla, boring, dull character. I ever, think and his performance yeah. was not good either. He was the and, worst and, killer by far. And they, they kind of start to go into sore territory. Where like Billy and Stu are, yeah, they start changing know, stuff. They're incredible, and like don't don't change anything. Like mm. like Billy has his motive, and he got Stu on board, and now we're saying that Roman like directed them and and yeah. led them to this, and so Roman was the mastermind behind Screen One. Like you know, I I, I tend to just forget that. I just kind of mm. think you know he he gave him a videotape and didn't think he he just thought it was going to cause anarchy for 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 for, um sydney Mm. and what it actually turned out to be was this like he didn't think that was going to happen like it was all billy um but but yeah like it just you know they're trying to retcon one and like yeah i don't want to hate on this movie as much as i have been though because Mm. i don't hate this movie um it sounds like i do it's just that like 
you know, when we get from screen one, the pinnacle to like screen two, like it just starts to get stepped down and down and down. Um, well, it's not even but, that. Though. You know, this is like so, like Scream Two is really oh, yeah. really awesome. Yeah. This is not really really awesome. This is a very entertaining fun movie. You can see why like the franchise the stopped best. for a decade at this point. Hundred percent. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like it really felt like they were they milked the ghost face stuff completely dry because they didn't really know what to do with him as a character. The phone stuff was not interesting. I think my last point in terms of something that just is insane and makes no sense in this movie is the voice generator stuff. I was literally um, going to touch on that next as well. I was waiting for your point it's, it's insane like it's uh-huh. they added the most powerful tool in existence that known to it's like the one <laughs> ring and it, it's not explained in the slightest how it works like how does this uh-huh. guy have sydney's voice it doesn't make any sense in the slightest yeah well how does he have all their voices and how is it perfect like yeah. i loved it when i loved it when uh, uh courtney cox got it and was like dewey they have our voices like it was just yeah i mean it was it was scooby-doo yeah. that's that's what it was and, and i would have liked it if it was just in the opening it's... scene and if he had used maybe clips from from i was gonna cotton's say because cotton's, cotton's makes sense because mm. he's on tv he's a public figure even yeah. like gail they could have had mm. gail but like sydney has said nothing she never talks to the press yeah. and she, she never does anything so it's where so have wrong. they got her voice like and it's like yeah. it's not like this thing exists in that world because no one ever thinks that you know oh maybe he's talking like someone. Yeah, they're like every oh time... they've got the everyone voice generator four thousand. Yeah. And, and every like... time you hear a voice on a phone in this movie, it's always this guy using this. They they, they never do yeah. it so it's like oh it's actually Sydney on the phone. It's like no, it's every single time you hear a voice on the phone and it's what you think it's one of the well, main characters. And it's, just, it's not. It's, it's not. Him. It's not. The thing is, the opening scene it was done very clever. You know, you you had the you had the woman switch to Ghostface, which was cool with Cotton in the car, and then obviously Cotton's girlfriend, you know, switching to the killer from Cotton was also very clever. And the fact that that then made her distrust Cotton, that ultimately mm. led to them both getting killed because Cotton was yacked. He was he was taken out Ghostface as she had <laughs> reamed in with the golf club, and like um, you know, and so that was all very clever. The voice change is not clever for the rest of the movie. It, you know, Roman just called the actress that you know the one that dies in the with all the ghost face uh, masks because he is yeah. the killer. So that's not the voice changer anyway, even though we think it is. Yeah. And then and then what is it like? Dewey calls Sid and Sid calls Dewey. Yeah, there's and a few layer on. Like all, just any time like you hear that. a voice, it's not him. But, yeah, but they, all it is, all it is, is like Dewey, like, "Hey, Sid, come to the party." Like, yeah, it's, it's to just, get him to it's the just house, dumb. Yeah. Like, it's just to get characters where they need to be in a dumb way. And so, yeah, it's just, it is a shame because I think kind of it, it could have, it just needed more time. You know, <laughs> it clearly mm. just needed a bit more time. Um, one of the, one of the um, uh, craziest things about this as well is that obviously. Um, it, there seems to have been a lot of kind of uh, different ways that the script was going to go. Mm. And like the original treatment, like, because Matthew Lillard was paid for Scream 3. <laughs> yeah, that is mad. <laughs> Which is insanity. And like... Um, He's actually in all three films. Did you know that? <laughs> like does, he, he, does he appear in this one, does he? Uh, his voice. Because oh, remember you get the flashback. Because maybe she sits oh, down and right. she's like, gotcha. instead of a PG-13, yeah. like she says the yeah, line again. Gotcha. And I was like, oh my God, it's gotcha. ridiculous. Um, but yeah, like he got paid to be in this movie, mm. which is insanity and kind of, and so obviously I think the original plot was going to be something along the lines of he is in prison now and like orchestrating it from prison maybe or like breaks right. out. I don't know. But like, um, I mean, 
he's 100% coming back for screen five. Like the yeah. more, the more I get involved in these, I'm like, this guy has wanted to be in every movie since screen one and has mm. almost made it. Like he made it on set and on film in screen two and he was paid <laughs> to be in screen three. Yeah. Like, what was, there. what was his involvement in screen four? I'll have to find um, out next week. But, but yeah. And, and like, so I find that insane, but like there were just so many different ways. And obviously again with this, like, I wonder when they actually landed on the whole Roman and brother thing and all of that mm. stuff, because, um, you know, the, the, they shot multiple endings for this movie with multiple killers, obviously to throw people off. But I wonder, like, what they actually thought it was going to be, like, when they knew it was going to be Roman. Yeah, um, I think what, what you say there as well, because that reminds me of Scream 2 as well. And I think mm. that when you have multiple scripts that have multiple killers and all of this multiple and stuff, to me anyway, I think that sucks because I think it really takes away the specialness of it. And I think that it, it shows personally how if the killer can be literally everyone, that means that you haven't done a good job of kind of like yeah. putting them in the movie in different places where like in the first movie, it could only be Billy and Stu. Like, it can't be anyone else. And so, yeah, in, when we got to Scream 2 and we talked about how, like, oh, well, maybe it was Hallie and Mrs. Loomis or someone else. It was like, okay, yeah, because sure, because Mickey's such a throwaway character. And then absolutely, when it comes to this movie, well, this could have been Roman. It could have easily been the detective. It could have just, yeah. her brother could have just been a detective instead of a film director. Like, it made no difference to the film, did it? Oh, so, like, uh, yeah, think... any, any, any one of them. And, and yeah, there's not, there isn't, like, a reason why he got, close to them all and everything mm. else and like why why he brought them back and yeah it's just yeah it's just it is that there, there is a lot of frustration there because i still love this franchise and mm. i really like this movie and, and it still is one of the the you know when we get to four as well like just just you know as franchises go it's it's in the elite for me mm. but i look at it and i think my god it could have actually been so much better and i just yeah. can't comprehend that like i'm like hair and everything else and what what went down i'm like oh my god like this could have been like like twice as good as what it was um it's uh, to sleep all over again <laughs> <laughs> it, it kind of is and it is it is a shame um but but yeah because even like I, I i was seeing i don't know if you saw this but the jamie kennedy stuff they, oh, they yeah, we haven't even talked had... about like the best scene in this movie as well <laughs> they like they the randy have... can we just say real quick because that yeah. scene is still incredible like i <laughs> i was like clapping at the end of it it is so so good to bring randy back at that moment in time i think the movie desperately needed it because <laughs> when you talked about it being dull this was the most boring part of the whole movie leading up to this randy bit yeah. when it's like well because Sydney's this come is when back you yeah, you've got the whole the Gale and um, yeah, Jennifer, God, like double so detective boring. Carrie Fisher stuff going on at this point. Yeah, it sucks. It, it's the um, worst part of the movie by far. So then to just insert such an amazing charismatic guy, I'm like, your spirits are lifted for the second half of the mm. movie. I'm like, thank fuck that Randy's still here, you know, because like <laughs> yeah. I really needed it in that moment. But yeah, go on. Yeah, it was so good. But yeah, they shot over two hours worth of footage for it. <laughs> <Did they? laughs> yeah. I'm gonna need to see that. <laughs> yeah, I really need to see it. Like, I wonder. Like, I don't even know, man. Like, what that would have been. But like, mm. it, there there was more to it, and like, it got cut down to like the three minutes that we got. And yeah, they were the best three minutes of the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could have I could have done with like an insert of like 100% cotton, like interviewing yeah. someone as well for like segments, like just brought him back for that. Like, Ooh, imagine you know? if he would have actually done like the sit down interview with Gail, like what he wanted. Oh, sorry, not with Gail, uh, with Sydney, like on his show. Yeah. Like that would have been a really cool thing leading into the yeah. finale. Um, and maybe she would have talked about her mother to then bring up, you know, this this the kind yeah. of Sydney press stuff again. Like, yeah, um, use the cotton interview to bait out the killer. 
Marine. 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 Uh, yeah. Yeah, like that would have been cool for sure. But yeah, like I think overall, I'm I'm with you. Like I still really enjoyed the movie. Um, it obviously is a massive drop off, and mm. I think that yeah, Scream One is obviously ridiculously good, but I think Scream Two is so yeah. underrated as a sequel definitely um and so i think that that's why you then compare like it's pointless even trying to compare this to scream one but comparing it to scream two it fails in every light you know the kills are worse the the motives of the killer is not as good the the overall support and cast of scream two was just so yeah. strong that, that, like you say the guys they added with with derek and cotton obviously being the I mean, just two. goddamn derek yeah <laughs> <laughs> they, they were genuinely so much better than to add and even though, like, yeah. I, I'm I not going to really... lie, I would, I would kill to have a Derek in this movie. I know you would. Exactly. <laughs> you, you didn't know what you got until it was gone. Um, <laughs> that's what he would have sung in this movie. Um, but yeah, like, I actually didn't mind the fake Gale stuff because I think it was portrayed in a comedic way, and I did laugh at it. But I agree with you that it does distract from the movie because it does start to begin to get really, really silly. Well, it's because um, it was because Courtney Cox became the comedy person as well. Yeah. Like it, if she had still stayed as Gail, but she wasn't Gail. Like she started spoofing and riffing off Jennifer. Like it became yeah. very odd. What on earth was going on with her fringe in this movie as well? I um, didn't like. I wasn't going to bring it up, but I'm not going <laughs> to lie. It distracted me for the whole movie. <laughs> like. Wait. Courtney's never had that hairstyle in anything else. Like so I've never, I've never seen Courtney Cox look that unattractive before. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, was weird. it was, it was definitely off-putting. Um, but, but yeah, like I don't, I don't understand it. Um, but yeah, the whole, the whole kind of, um, it was it, the thing that disappointed me is when we first got introduced to these characters, and like when, when we first got introduced to Jennifer. And then when we got like Dewey and Sid and, and seeing all the people that were cast, I really loved like that scene when, when Gail first turns up to the film studio yeah. and that. And I thought, oh, this is, this was how I remembered it. And like, uh, cause in my mind I was like, oh, that was banging, like seeing all the characters playing them. And then, yeah, it just got so frustrating. Um, mm. Because like the actress that was like the Sid one was just kind of like this such one dimensional. She was like this, competition winner and then yeah ultimately it just turned out that she slept with the directors and everything which is just gross and and yeah just something that you don't want to kind of have to you know deal with you know these days and kind of red herrings as well because the de detective being mm. the main one the one that they keep trying to set up of like she was creeping yeah. around the toilets with the mask and she's yeah. she's always like when someone dies she's the first one to enter the yeah, room after. yeah she she's the um uh billy's mom in two isn't she yeah because uh, she's always there first and she's just not she's just not very good i think as well like i don't want to end on a negative but the scene you discussed where they're like in the house together and the and the kind of the killers in the new pages i think that scene is to me what i always remember about scream free sadly is like i think that's the whole movie and it's not because there are better parts in the movie but that is like the the peak part of like if you if you need to sum up what all the problems with scream free is i think that scene is is just perfectly shows it it like, wouldn't have been out of, out of place in scary movie no, that's the problem it's so ridiculous like when the phone rings and they all scream to turn and look yeah. at it it's just bizarre and then they're going in and in and out of the house and then what they even do doesn't make sense of like let's when find dewey out guns they... uh pulls the gun on five yeah. different characters in the space of like 10 seconds like oh the killer's gonna you know let him reveal who it's who he's gonna spare and it doesn't even make sense because he's he's not sparing anyone it's just because one idiot happened to accidentally kill himself while the other ones fell off like it's just i it's don't so i dumb. don't chalk that up to ghostface either like they left that gas on 
Yeah, I was going to say like, like yeah, that 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 was a load of dumb shits killing each other in Hollywood. That's all that was like. Yeah, like, but yeah, it's a weird movie, man. Because like you say, I think that ultimately, when you have to discuss it for like a review and to look back on it, then yeah, yeah there's a lot of negative, and I think that you have to talk about that to show you why it's kind of come full circle, really. Because when we talked about Scream, we didn't have a bad word to say about the movie, mm. and then obviously with this, has ended up being a lot of negative, and I still it is interesting. Feeling- this, but it's yeah it's it's by you know obviously going into i guess our rankings now to keep that i keep forgetting that we're trying to yeah. do that as well because uh, the discussion kind of takes care of itself really doesn't it but um yeah scream one, scream i mean two, i mean i mean they numbered them for us they made yeah. it easy <laughs> like i mean clearly next week scream four is going to be worse right like, could you imagine Scream <laughs> four was worse than this um, <laughs> yeah like I said, I, I, obviously not to get into thoughts now. I am so excited to watch Scream 4, honestly. I can't I'm, even tell you. Honestly, like, I'm so buzzed because I've not seen that movie that much. Because, like, you talk about you haven't seen Scream 3 for a long while. I haven't either. But no word of a lie, I've probably seen this movie, like, 20, 30 times. Um, yeah. like, it, like, in my life, which is way too many times to have watched this movie. Whereas, like, Scream 4, like, I don't have, like, clear memories of the entire film. So I'm I'm really looking forward to watching that again. Yeah, that's interesting because I I probably have seen it about twenty or thirty times. But what's interesting is it was when it first came out. I watched it insane amounts, and I've definitely not watched it like since we've started the podcast. So it's been at least four or five years since I've last watched it, and yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a good one next week. Cannot wait. Um, but yeah, that was our discussion on Scream Free. We will take a short break, and we will be right back. yeah we do have some listener feedback that i mentioned at the start of the show um of course if you always want to get in touch uh, you can tweet us at shb pod or if you want to send us a longer email it's super podcast at gmail.com um and we also you can leave us a message on skype if you just search for super horror bros i believe it comes up um correct yeah go straight to voicemail you can leave us a voicemail i'm assuming it's up to two minutes so don't go past that because it'll just Definitely. get cut off um but uh, yeah we do have an email from sean um obviously he was mentioning the the kind of the the trilogy of movies earlier on and he also mentioned um he's pre-ordered a collector's edition of midsummer um which i had not seen um so definitely let me know about this one sean because i'm really really interested mm-hmm. um he said um it's expensive for sure but i'm hopeful for some good supplements like a director's commentary um they are only saying it's the director's cut which we already own um just before i go into your next point that's really interesting because last night i was gonna listen to the midsummer director's commentary because i thought it had one on the blu-ray and (laughs) and it wasn't one and i'm not gonna lie i i only i had no idea i thought it was on there i thought it was like (laughs) how i'd picked up the director's cut this year you know they had two discs so it has the theatrical cut of the director's cut is there a commentary then there isn't um right so there is a commentary on any of the blu-rays right now and apparently this one that he's that he's ordered it doesn't really say that there's any new stuff it's more of just like a special edition kind of the packaging as it were yeah um so yeah that's super frustrating um so i just had to listen to the lighthouse one instead which yeah shout out to the lighthouse because that does have a director's commentary on it (laughs) that is therefore better um but um yeah and then going into um going into your next point sean he says um uh, both of these have been reported as region a blu-rays but don't let the region codes ruin it for you 
I own a region free Blu-ray player and can watch any release I want. I own many region uh, B Blu-rays. Obviously that's for uh, the UK ones. Um, I do re regularly purchase discs from the UK. Um, and yeah, it goes on to talk about obviously buying a lot of Arrow Blu-rays because obviously a lot mm. of them are UK releases. Um, I want to bring this up because Cotton yeah, basket case, God damn it. Yeah. That's like the one that they have. <laughs> um, that is why, why you would need a multi-region player, but Correct. Um, I bought a multi-region player probably three years ago now because mm. of 31 um yeah because it didn't have a good release and there was like the the epic like making of documentary that i wanted to see yeah so thanks shutter i yeah i bought it watched it and it was great and then my blu-ray player just sat here for literally over a year to like 18 months and i didn't buy a single other film for it and it was just like you know a, a big old mess in my entertainment center and i was like oh, i just don't want this so i did eventually sell sell it um, but it's interesting you say that because recently, obviously rewatching the Scream movies, I've been on a bit of a Matthew Lillard kick and I really wanted to rewatch 13 Ghosts. Oh, yeah. Um, of course, yeah, we might have mentioned in that. It might have even been a film. Oh, there's a, sick, there's a sick version coming out soon in the UK. Uh, it's not, I, don't, I don't believe it's UK. Is oh, is it not? Oh. Um, Oh, okay, um, I thought it was UK. But yeah, that yeah. was what I was into is that I've looked around for like uh, one back in the day, and I believe I might have got one from Australia. Um, <laughs> it's just a regular Blu-ray. Um, but yeah, so coming later this month, there is a crazy collector's edition with new artwork, all new features and commentaries. Yeah, and it looks I, sick. I believe it's Scream Factory, the company that make it. Chat um, Factory, I think. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah. Chat Factory is okay. Um, and I think it's US only um yeah sucks so obviously it goes into sean's point here of like yeah you're absolutely right because this is one that i'm i'm desperate to get my hands on like i really 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 want it because i i really like that movie and it's such a it's a really nice one because obviously that movie was like not you know well received on release but i think it's mm. one of as years have gone on so many people have nostalgia for it and obviously like i, I love that movie man like when it From came day out one i'm not gonna lie yeah like i mean i was probably 11 or 12 when i first watched it and it really really scared me and i really dug it and obviously seeing matthew recently that's another great horror performance of his that i really want to check out um but yeah i have got just a regular one coming which hopefully will work but like if anyone knows anything about this if it's us only or if there are any other regions definitely let me know let me know sean if you get your hands on it or anyone else um because i really want to know like what it's like and it's one of those ones that i might just buy just to like have on my shelf because it looks so nice yeah um, but yeah, like that's kind of just why I wanted to bring that up with Sean Riggs. It was funny that he talked about multi multi region stuff this week and with Midsummer, and I kind of had two different anecdotes to talk about really because yeah, I was it's... super frustrated that Midsummer didn't have a director's cut, and then also the fact that I really want Thirteen Ghosts. <laughs> I think like I've been there with the whole region free thing, and like back in the day with DVD players, and you could like type a little code and like change. Yeah, the I remember that. Yeah, and like all of that bullshit, and like it just. I remember have, having to have like a bit of paper, like uh, sellotaped to the bottom of my DVD player, so I could like remind myself of the code when and like when I wanted to put on my one. And I still have like region one DVDs, and like yeah, but even then it was bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> no, if I could do that to watch Thirteen Ghosts, I'd take true. it. True. I mean, you should Google it, man. I think you probably could. <laughs> and like, um, yeah, it's just like it just region lock sucks like yeah. and and it is frustrating but yeah i just i just uh, back in the day going down that rabbit hole it was something that like i made a conscious decision not to do this time where i'm just like i'm just gonna have to take what i'm given and like <laughs> there'll be the l's you know there's the 13 ghosts and there's the uh you know um basket case and stuff but but you know it, it's fine i'm okay yeah. with it i'm at peace 
we're fine in the UK because obviously we're very blessed that we have Arrow based here. Yeah. And, and to be fair, the, I still got a basket case Blu-ray um, from the other guys who I'm drawing a blank on right now. So, yeah, you know, it was, all, it was all good. Second Sight. I don't think it was Second Sight, though. But, yeah, they're, they're another one that are good. But, uh, yeah, that was pretty much it for the feedback this week. Thank you very much, Sean. Um, mm. I mean, guess to end us off this week, have you, have you been... Uh, I do. To... Well, actually, just to go back to, to feedback, we did just... It wasn't like a comment as such, but we did we did get some kind of... Um, we did have an interaction with um, No Man Skateboarding on Twitter. And just a big shout-out that, like... Uh, a listener from episode one. That's so insane. Like, um, yeah. So, like, you know, we were just having a conversation on Twitter, um, and just kind of, you know, that's that's just crazy to me that like, <laughs> like I I didn't I didn't think that anyone listened to those episodes, let alone that they stuck around for the next two hundred. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just big shout out and like that that's amazing. It was just awesome to see. Yeah, that's so incredible. I genuinely. Man, like, what? Why were you listening back then? (laughs) (laughs) You must have really loved our episode two hundred when we went back and looked back on some of those crazy episodes. Oh yeah, you must have had a a whale of a time. Like, (laughs) I, I, you know, I just wonder, like, when it was episode four and we did like Batman, what were you thinking? Like, (laughs) what made you stick around? Like, I'm really glad you did, man. But yeah, (laughs) hopefully, it got good eventually. (laughs) Yeah, I hope so too. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, Yeah, but that that was just awesome yeah um there was one thing i have uh, been watching recently i just wanted to finish off because i mentioned it last week um watching what we do in the shadows um i finished the season now and i did want to say for people in case they didn't realize that it's all on iplayer in the uk um so obviously season one and season two and they have the film on iplayer which is pretty awesome because obviously that yeah it's just like free to everyone in the uk and obviously that's because that's how i watched uh devs earlier on this year was just all on iplayer as well and obviously that's just (laughs) That's just great because it's just such an easy service to use. Mm. Um, but yeah, I watched like the last seven now, so I finished the series. And yeah, re- really enjoyed it, actually. Like, I think last week I was kind of maybe a bit too uh, down on it. But like, I ended up like laughing a lot more throughout the middle episodes. Um, in particular, like there's an episode starring Mark Hamill in season two. Nice. And he is incredible. And his episode is awesome. Well, he's Mark Hamill. Yeah. And like, he's he's so, he just gets it. Like, he immediately gets how silly and campy there's, like, yep, we're all these, like, really dumb vampires. It's this mockumentary show. Like, of course, this is so silly and ridiculous, but we're just going to go all in on it. And, yeah, I loved his performance. I think it really made me got it made me get really excited to watch the rest of the season, which I did, and I ended up really enjoying it. Um, nice. And, yeah, like, obviously, I think season three has already been commissioned as well. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and, yeah, the, the only other thing that, again, I, I think I mentioned last week, but I've been continuing to watch Goosebumps. Um <laughs> Because yeah, I think because obviously I think we discussed how they're like they're going to bring it back, and I genuinely can't wait for like more live action Goosebumps. Um, you know, I discussed it last week about how maybe the quality wasn't always there, but I'm in season three now, and I think they really hit their stride in season three. Like so many of the episodes are just really good, and I think you mentioned before about how dark a lot of them are. Mm. Um, like I just watched one that's literally about these two kids who this like older lady makes them eat cookies that makes them into turn into old people and so it's two kids oh in, like, god i remember and then she's gonna like sell them off to these two older women and it's like it's the creepiest shit i've ever seen in my life yeah like, these two old women are like oh look at all your wrinkles and it's to a child who's covered in old ma- man makeup and yeah like it's so dark and messed up and like, i think that's what's crazy about it is like it really did put me on this path i think for horror watching it as a kid and yeah, I, I still oh, yeah, really definitely. Like it's 
it's a hell of a show isn't it it's really really oh it's a hell of a show like it's so it is so fun like it and and, you know it it is a fantastic gateway for people now Mm. with young children like i don't think you can just like like i say i think there is a scale to it where you have to be mindful because i think like there there are well no but there are some that are good for like quite young children and then some for like older children and then like get them right through to when they're ready to watch like actual horror movies but it's not like oh season one's the kids season season two's the middle and season three's the hardcore it's like you really have to pick and choose but if you can do that if you're familiar with it it's a great entry level horror Mm. i think probably one of the best yeah out there like you said, I think the fact that I can still watch it now and appreciate it, obviously I have the nostalgia, but I mm. still think it's really interesting. Like, obviously some of the stuff is, like, hilarious how Arl Stein just kind of, like, there's a lot of, you know, he pulls from a lot of different classic stories and mm. kind of makes it his own. But, yeah, there's some stuff in there that's really interesting and really original. I, 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 I just... I don't know. I'm really glad that I'm rewatching it. Like, I'm nearly finished them all now, and, like, I, I cannot wait for them to see what they would do. Like, if they... Obviously, because they say they're going to bring it back. Um... Like, I don't know how, like, I think we discussed how I don't have a clue if R.O. Stein has still been writing Goosebumps books in the yeah. last years or whatever. So, because I'd want to see, like, some different stories. I wouldn't just want to see, like, these episodes again sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, it depends, though. Be- um, not not to retell these, but, like, uh, how many episodes are there? Uh, about 75. Oh, okay. But- there's, there's quite a lot. <laughs> there's probably about 50 different, like, stories, like, books. Okay. Yeah, you you still got a good season out of that. Then there's still still like twenty odd that you can do. There was like sixty two in the original run, and then you had the series two thousand stuff. So you got right. you got quite a bit there. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> Until my knowledge goes out. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say yeah. Who knows? Maybe there's like four thousand. It's like yeah, perfect. they're like yeah. He's, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're, we're Gen six now. Don't worry, Slappy's still around. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, that's, have you been watching anything? Because that's pretty much it for me. Um. Not, not that we really want to talk about. Uh, we have, I've been watching a lot of that Twilight Zone, um, oh, yeah. and uh, finishing off The Last of Us. Nice. So yeah, I was, you know, having good times, um, <laughs> and yeah, but ready, to, ready to jump back in. I think, I think it's time for season three of uh, Ash vs Evil Dead. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I was gonna say I, I did watch like the extras of season one just to kind of finish nice. that off. But, um, it's cool because I remember when they used to put them on YouTube, the little five minutes sort of making of. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, on the Blu-ray, it just has mm. them all like mm. bunched together. Yeah, so that's that. nice. I did. Um, I did finish off watching the Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective. Um, oh, nice. that, that's on YouTube, and it's it's fantastic to watch. Mm. Um, uh, to see kind of just like it's a really good commentary on each movie, and kind of it's a making of and a look back on each movie um and so it's just a fantastically well done documentary i remember at the time thinking it was one of the best documentaries that i've seen on horror movies and retrospective style and and it holds up now to that like it's such a great deep dive and so if you're a fan of the franchise i think it's a must watch so is that Um, on all of them pretty much it's on it's on all of them up to um jason do they talk about or not no just just like new nightmare um uh, no new new nightmare um and like, um, yeah, it's 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 so good. Um, uh, you know, just just hearing about everything and kind of like um, <clears throat> it, the the first three were, was really fun to to get into because kind of like obviously we know a lot about one, but just kind of like in the background what it built and how it made New Line like what it is, mm. and like New Line basically gambled the, the entire studio on this movie, and then it was a massive success, and then kind of force fed two out um when wes just walked away 
and like it was this movie that that like came out and um even at the time not a lot of people really liked but it just like killed at the cinema because it was freddy krueger and like everyone just wanted to see freddy krueger and then like walked out of it and was like well that was kind of weird but freddy krueger's cool and like so they still sometimes still had this juggernaut on their hands and like you know just kind of seeing that story and obviously wes coming back for three um but even then like his involvement was very little in three like i always had in my mind that he directed three and and then i was like oh well he at least like solidly wrote it but he pretty much like Kev- kevin williamson screamed three for, for nightmare three like he wrote the original script he wrote the script called dream warriors but like um the documentary shows like uh uh some of the some of the kind of paragraphs of text and it was like super vulgar and super violent and like they they turned it more into a fantasy and kind of like very different like it was completely rewritten yeah whereas had no longer no further involvement in it so so like i found that super interesting and yeah i just thought i thought it was a fantastic documentary yeah so did Um, he he only direct two nightmare on elm streets though mm. Yeah, that's crazy to me. Yeah, I always thought he did one of those middle ones as well. Yeah, well, it was three. It was it was Dream Warriors is the one that like he gets credited a lot for because it was also really good. Right. And, like, but yeah, he wrote the original script and like came up with the original premise and obviously Nancy coming back and you know he he it, it was the complete like thing, but it was just very dark and very mm-hmm. violent. And they made it, they kind of made it much more kind of I don't know how familiar you are with the movie, but you know the Dream Warriors with their powers and stuff and just a lot more kind of fantasy and and you know realized that freddie was more tongue-in-cheek and like there's still super dark stuff in it um mm. the whole puppet master scene is very dark and violent in it but but yeah just a lot of the language was you know more last house on the left sort of like vulgarity and language and and yeah they kind of stayed away from that a lot yeah that um, makes sense. but yeah it, it was just fascinating like it was like uh as someone that loves the franchise and seen the documentary before like just watching it again was still fantastic so yeah i, I really think like I, I think you should check it out i think you'd really dig it yeah i really want to watch new nightmare that's been the one yeah that i've been thinking a lot about recently um, yeah I, I after watching it it's the one that i want to rewatch the most because i can like i've seen it but i can almost remember nothing about it other than the you know we've obviously had like conversations about it so i can mm. remember like certain little bits but like just the overall kind of feeling of the movie i really can't remember too much at all um, no and there are so many things that like we haven't spoken about recently that you you don't remember that are so yeah. cool um yeah. it's such a weird like fun movie yeah um yeah rewatching it it was that and freddy's dead that i wanted to rewatch the most because freddy's dead is probably the one i've seen the least out of the nightmare movies and then just because new new nightmare has just been like a thing that i want to watch again yeah i was just love throwing on freddy versus jason that just makes me happy every time yeah fair play fair play man (laughs) such a good time um but yeah that's pretty much it for this week we will return next week um the trilogy is over but that is not the end of our adventure um, we need to complete the retrospective, bro. Yes. So, Scream Four, um, followed by the TV shows the week after. No, we're not doing them. Jesus um, Christ! I'm not. <laughs> I'm not finishing off the TV show. <laughs> Maybe we'll like talk about it a tiny little bit at the end of next week. But nah, um, nah, we don't want to end on that note, bro. No, I'm saying that right now. Like, yeah, <laughs> like the franchise truly did, and it was never touched afterwards with Scream. Four. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was episode 203. Thanks for listening, as always, and we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. And through my veins and travels to my head, they said, You'll die soon enough anyway, shut up, I can't. Mainly because I never could, huh?